Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to the Fit Point Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Jesse Velasquez. And as always, flanked by Mrs. Alice Halverson. How are you? Doing good, man. What's up? Well, as you describe it, it's a whirlwind right now here in the Twin Cities area. And we have a neighbor that is also experiencing the exact same thing. And she can maybe update us on the rest of the meteorology world out there. (laughs) Before that, we'll give the grand introduction, which there's a lot of titles. We have... 13 times state champion. Oh my goodness. Five times at Villanova University. Now this is in the track world slash cross country. 2004 Olympic participant for the United States of America. Of course, Minnesota State Hall of Fame 2015. One more National High School Hall of Fame in 2018. Thank you for joining us, Miss Carrie Tollefson. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. This is fun. It is most certainly going to be fun, even though, like we just talked about the the wind, what's going on outside your, uh, your door as we speak. Yes. So I have a little guy home with me, Greer. He's six. We have three children and two are in school and Greer's home with me today. And we went out for a run and he biked with me and it is, it's like, there's wind coming at you every way. It's swirling like crazy. And I did want to be a meteorologist just so you people know. Um, yeah, I am in the TV world, but that would have been my ideal job. (laughs) So I can't really give you the forecast. I'm just saying it's swirling out there. Get your run in if you want, because it looks like there's some rain coming. Yes, exactly. (laughs) By this point, you could probably like feel it in your bones, right? Yeah. All the times you've gone out for a run and be like, should I go? Should I not go? I'm going to go anyway. Right. Have you ever gotten stuck outside in a storm? Probably. Yeah, right? actually, I got stuck at Villanova when I was there and I had to hide underneath a little like it wasn't even a, you know, an overhang. It was some guy's um, garage in the garage door, you know, like there's that little bit, but it was lightning really, really bad at that moment and just pouring down with some hail. And I stood there for probably five, seven minutes and and then I finally could take off and find different shelter. But I was so scared of the hail and the lightning that I just stuck into where I could. And that was the only spot we had. But yeah, I'm pretty good now about, you know, tracking and trying to get out there well in advance. But I know that there's been a couple times even this spring where some of my athletes that I coach have gotten stuck. I think it was a couple well, maybe like a week and a half ago, they were out on that Saturday morning that all of a sudden there was a a storm that came through. So you have to be careful, you know, when you're outdoors, 
my, our old neighbor was struck by lightning at the U S open that was here. And I think like 93 and one gentleman died and he had to have his heart started again. So, you know, it, it happens. It happens. Okay. You're talking about the U S open golf tournament. Yeah. Was it in 93? I remember that it was 91. 91. Oh my gosh. Well, how many, was it just him or were there a couple other people? No, there were like three. I think one gentleman died, maybe two. I'm sorry. I should know this, but I know that our old neighbor, he did not, thankfully had four young children and, but they did, he was, he had to get his heart started again. And, you know, I mean, people think, oh, it's just a little lightning or, you know, that'll blow through. It's fine. But I, as a runner and somebody that spends a lot of time outdoors, I don't think you can mess with that. Not that we want to get so serious right now, but you know, it's, um, it's definitely a thing that I've had to watch. And so I think part of being, wanting to be a meteorologist came from that. Like, you know, even high school, we were watching the weather all the time to see what we could do for training and racing. Tap into that just a hair further. I had no idea about the meteorology deal. When did you decide to kind of stray away from that and just <laughs> think, hey, running, I can not only, you know, turn this into a, I can turn this into, this was my passion, but now I can turn it into a career. Well, at the time I went to Villanova and I wanted to be in TV, um, but they did not have a meteorology program. They had mm. astrology, which, you know, it goes a little bit hand in hand, but um, they did not have that program. So I just decided to focus on communications. And then I had an emphasis in broadcast, which I've done, you know, I was a professional athlete for years, but now I've transitioned into the world of mainly just TV and emceeing and I have my podcast. And so I'm still performing, um, but just not telling everyone what the weather is, which I still think would have been really fun because I'm kind of a goofball, even on camera. And I would have enjoyed just, you know, having a little bit of fun with it. You know, obviously when it's serious, you have to be serious, but uh, being yeah. from Minnesota, there's just so much weather you could talk about. So it's, it was always exciting for me to, to study and to look at. That's really cool. Yeah, for sure. It's, I joke about, you know, I don't know if anyone talks more about the weather than we do here. Like people in Florida, it's like, it's like 80 every single day, like whatever, but here it's always like a topic of conversation, which is kind of silly, but, um, yeah, you know, speaking of your podcast, um, you've had, man, a lot, I mean, that for a while, first of all, and have a lot of amazing guests on there, man, what was your most interesting conversation you've had? It might be kind of hard to answer, but so many interesting conversations, you know, I mean, I started out on YouTube. So we were doing, um, videos from, I believe like 2010 to 2016, it was like six years of a video every week. Um, and then we decided to switch over to podcasts and, you know, we've had everything from world record holders to, um, brand new runners, people that are just figuring out the sport. And, uh, I just have to say some of my favorites. I mean, obviously like in the running world, Kara Goucher is always a favorite of mine because she's from Minnesota. She and I grew up in this sport together. We're now good friends. She's now dabbling into TV. So it's always fun to, to, you know, chat with her and connect with her. Meb Kofleski, big name, Boston, New York City Marathon champion, silver medalist, um, Shalane Flanagan, you know, Gwen Jorgensen. I mean, I can't even, I feel bad even starting to mention some of the athletes because they're all kind of my friends. But, um, you know, I think even just the, the normal everyday runner that is just out there putting one foot in front of the other is so exciting for me to interview as well. I mean, I love hearing the passion that people have for health and fitness, mental health, all of it. And, um, if somebody can 
just move forward. I feel like that is what we all need to do in life. And so just to hear their stories is so inspiring for me. And it's also really fun because I think a lot of people think I am this elite athlete and I only know one thing and that's how to run fast and make left turns on a track. Um, but you know, now that I've grown up, I'm not just a runner. Like I am a mother, I am a businesswoman. I have all these other things. It's really fun to get advice from other people that are trying to fit in their workouts or fit in their next race. And I'm juggling it all as well. So it's all sort of new to me. You know, I used to just run. That was easy. Just running. Now it's figuring it all out. So yeah, I love them all. I love every person that comes on. I just love chatting with people. So I'm going to stray a little bit off topic before we go back to the podcast. Happy belated Mother's Day. I did wish you happy Mother's Day yesterday. Alice, yes, Carrie, what did Mother's you Day. do? On Mother's Day was actually really nice. So I travel a lot for work and we had nothing on the schedule. <laughs> we did yes. have one thing that got canceled, which I was, a, I was bummed about. My, our middle son, Everett, is eight, to almost nine. And he had a baseball game that was canceled because of rain. There was just a tiny bit of rain, but I suppose they were nervous about it. Um, so we were going to do that, but otherwise we just hung out. We were here home. We actually went out for dinner, um, but just kind of randomly. So we just chilled, cleaned up the house and had time together, which is what I love the most, just spending time together. Yeah, totally. Oh, that sound um, like yours, Alice? Yeah, kind of too. I mean, it's, it's nice to just not have every second of the day be scheduled. And to just have that open space. And sometimes I'm kind of like, what are we going to do? We had, we had no reservations anywhere. We decided last minute to like go out to eat. We found some place to go and watched a movie together. And yeah, I mean, I got, I got my nails done. I mean, it was great, but it was kind of nice. I mean, as much as I want to see my family and all that, what it's all good. I I just, I didn't really want to host. I kind of just wanted to do my own thing. So it was one of those days, which is kind of nice. Yep. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely nailed that down. 2010 you started your podcast. I'm aware that I think the first one started back in 2004 and it was named after the iPod. That's where the podcast came from in. Yeah. From the Apple perspective. So being in the game now for a dozen years, what has changed? Have you seen, have you seen like steady growth or just, yeah, just kind of describe what it's been like being in this space for the last decade. I just realized that I'm like, did you just say dozen years? (laughs) It's been a dozen years. That's nuts. Like really, I think I can count on one hand how many weeks we've missed. I mean, it's, we really have not missed any weeks. Um, we have, you know, taken like, for instance, when George Floyd died, we took a week and we, you know, we did a little tribute uh, to him, but just didn't feel right. You know, when we were all so sad and heartbroken. Um, and I had a dear friend of mine pass away and we took a moment, not, we didn't have a big podcast, but we had a moment for her and my mother-in-law passed. Like there's really only a number of times that we missed a week and it was, there were big moments in our lives, um, for Tim and I, my editor, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's been fun to watch the evolution of YouTubing and podcasting and whatever. Um, and it's been really cool for me sometimes to think, you know what, my kids, will have a lot of time to hear their mom in their ears if they really want it. If something happens to me, like that's one of the things I'm like, it's pretty cool that I don't care if anyone else listens to me after I'm gone. My kids have all of this. Um, but I also just think that it's been neat for 
me to watch now. When I first started in the YouTubing world and in the podcasting world, there weren't a lot of females in my sport doing podcasting. Um, And now there's quite a few. So it's pretty cool to see that. And, you know, I was one of a few that were in TV. And now all of a sudden, since the pandemic, actually, there's been maybe four or five more women that are in this field that I'm in. And it is really good. I mean, at times I'm like, oh no, my jobs. But at the same time, I'm like, awesome, please. You know, there are, there are enough jobs for all of us. So um, I'm really excited to see that there's a lot of female and females out there and males that are giving back to the sport and also opening up the world of running to so many other people that maybe never even thought about it. No, you're hundred percent right. You were just in Germany. That's when we had gotten into contact, kind of go into a little bit of that trip before we go on to the next question. Yeah, that was really fun. So I ran for Adidas or Adidas, like we say in America, but Adidas is actually how they would prefer all of us to say it. Um, I ran for them from 2000 until 2014. Technically that's how long my contract was, but then they've stayed like my number one go-to, right? I mean, they've supported me all these years and I'm such a team player that I will 100% be an Adidas girl, you know, first and foremost, but I do work for other brands now, but they asked me to not only do some commentary in Germany at their headquarters in Herzegowina, Germany, (laughs) I had to learn how to say that. I still don't know if I say it right. Um, But they asked me to do some commentary there and at the Boston Marathon this year, which was super cool. So I'll back up before Germany, Boston, I got to interview they have a, they have a bunch of initiatives Adidas does, but the one that they're really pushing this year is with women we run. So we're talking about safety on the run, safety in sport, you know, just making sure us ladies and us and the guys are safe when we're out there. Um, so I did a panel for them there in Boston. And then I also did a panel, um, on the five women, there were eight women that started the official 1972 Boston marathon, where it was officially allowed to let a female run the race. Um, there were years before that where women jumped in sort of just entered the race. And I'm sure if anyone knows the story of Catherine Switzer or any of that, um, they'll understand why 1972 was so significant. So we celebrated 50 years of title nine and 50 years of women officially being allowed into the Boston marathon. So I did that. I led that panel as well. Then I went to Germany where we had this race um, called the road to records. And they were all chasing all these athletes from around the world were chasing world records, national records, personal records in a new shoe for, for Adidas. So yeah, long story short, super cute, cool. It was right outside of Munich in this cute little city and the world, some of the world's best athletes just hammering it around the campus of Adidas. (laughs) Wow. That is amazing. Those are some, some big things. I mean, we, we know you've, you've done many, many big things, but wow. 50 years. I know for women. It's a big year for women. Yeah. It really is. I love, I love seeing that. And I follow, um, Kara as well. Um, yeah, she's been standing for so much. I mean, there, there's so much we could dive into with, with all of that, but I love what you said, just it's, you know, women coming in and supporting other women. You're like, there's room for everybody and just seeing, mm-hmm. um, you know, just really becoming a force in that sport and kind of leading the way. Um, I love that. I just, I just was, it popped in my head really quick when you mentioned your Monson, Monson marathon, just there's a quote. What is it? It's like, if you want to restore your faith in humanity, watch a marathon. 
or something oh, like for that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or something along those lines. And we, there's so many, you know, renditions of that. Uh, but mm-hmm. what are, what were some of the things you, that just struck you at this year's Boston marathon when you were, you know, a part of that this year? Well, I do think the original five, um, having those ladies out there, one's from Minnesota. Ooh. So Val's from Minnesota okay. and, um, you know, even my mom. So this year we talked a lot about this, but I've talked a lot about it with my mom. She was not allowed to play sports and she raised three very athletic girls. Um, and we're all driven in different ways, but you know, for us, we were kind of reminded of that, that we could see that this was not something my mom got to do. She did not have an opportunity to do it. My grandma, however, she was allowed to play. She and her sisters played basketball. They played basketball in college, but then for some reason it went away. Wow. I know, you know, they thought we weren't going to be able to have kids. Like women weren't supposed to sweat. We weren't supposed to wear athletic clothing. Our hair would get messed up. Like all these Mm -hmm. crazy things. Right. Um, and just watching and listening to these original five women in, in Boston, it was, I mean, I owe them so much along with my mom and the women of that era. Like, I can't even explain what it's like to be a female professional athlete. And it's been a long time since I've been a competitor and in that world where I was paid to run. Mm-hmm. Um, so I talked to a lot of these current professional athletes that are women and I'm like, you guys really got to dig into that history because it really gives you more purpose, gives you more of like, Oh, I understand history now. Right. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think sometimes you just need to grow up and also like move away from it to really understand it. And uh, I'm really excited now for Ruby, my daughter, who's 12 and all the young girls coming up because they also have this sort of, at least Ruby does. She has this edge. Like I can do whatever I want to do. I should be able to do whatever I want to do. And that, She's darn right. She should be able to do whatever she wants to do. I'm not too familiar with the history of Minnesota cross country and track when it comes to women. I do remember when I was in high school that women's hockey became a sport. I believe it was my sophomore year in high school and we're roughly right around the same age. So were, were you considered one of the pioneers of cross country or was it not necessarily was it instituted? Yeah. Cross country and track. I don't know the exact years that they were allowed to compete. I feel like I should know that. And it's like right there. Um, but I do know that people were running, they still run different distances, which is still a bother for a lot Mm -hmm. of people. I, for instance, would like to keep the distance down because I'm a middle distance runner. They want to jump up in distance and have like the NCAA be 10 K just like it is for the men's. So women right now run eight K men run 10 K and there are people that don't understand why that is. I don't really understand why it is, but as a middle distance runner, I think, Oh, keep it down. Cause then yeah. you have more of a mismatch of, you know, 1500 meter runners and 10 K runners coming together to battle in the middle. But mm-hmm. I get what the point is. We shouldn't be running shorter distances than guys. Like they just don't, we don't need to do that anymore. Um, we don't need to not have hockey because it's a guy's it's what originally was a guy's sport. I mean, I don't know if I want Ruby to play full on football, but I don't know if I want Everett and Greer to play full on football. I love football, but I don't know if I want them to get hit like that. So, you know, I I don't know if we were pioneers per se, but I think that just seeing the evolution of sport and watching how maybe we 
as an athlete, when I was in, you know, the eighties and nineties growing up in sport, learning how to lift harder, lift better, do different drills, like just do different things that maybe my dad was even doing as a college football player. You know, he was incorporating that into some of my workouts and things like that. So it's not necessarily that I didn't have the same opportunities in the sports I chose, but I think now we're realizing that whatever guys can do, girls can do and vice versa. Right. So, and you see a lot more female coaches. That's maybe a big change for me, Jesse, is that I see a lot more females, not only coaching females, but also coaching males. Yeah. I think that's tremendous. Uh, going to a quick story. I seriously trained for a CrossFit season and my coach is a woman and she thanked me. She's left the space since then, but I had no issues. I had complete trust in her programming and I improved leaps and bounds. So I think when it comes to knowledge and just from a sports perspective that we're definitely an equal playing field. We all have the same data in front of us. And now we have the same experiences in front of us too. So I'm really enjoying the fact that there is a level playing field for everybody. Yeah. I mean, I think even too, you just look at what some of the reasonings why, um, you know, they, we don't want mixed gender coaching us. I think it's kind of silly because look at our doctors are mixed genders. They are, you know, males do not go through what females go through. And vice versa. I don't think it's any easier for a female to be a doctor of a male. I think it's just, that's just how it is when you research and you do your, your homework or you are in the experience. Um, I feel like you can, you can do that just like coaching. You know, I am not necessarily going to be able to say what it's like to get hit on a football field. I've never done that, but I think there are other ways that you can research it and you can study it and you can learn it. Just like when I had all kinds of male coaches trying to help me with certain issues that I had um, in the month, working around that, figuring out what the athlete needs. And I think the main thing for a coach and athlete is communication. And if you don't know what you're doing, then you seek help. Right. So I feel like my coaches, my male coaches were so good at that. Like I had some issues, you know, for instance, with my cycle. And if we can get into that, I mean, I don't know why it's necessarily a taboo. It shouldn't be. This is part of life. And especially as athletes, like it's biology, it happens. Um, but my coaches, if they didn't understand, like, for instance, I lost my cycle one year for about three months and I did not want to lose my cycle. That was a big red flag for me because I felt like that led to injury and I just didn't want to go down that. So for me, when you get your cycle every month, that shows that you're healthy and your body's working properly. So right away, my coaches got me into seeing a doctor. They didn't try to my, my male coaches didn't try to fix it. Mm-hmm. They tried to find the experts to fix it. And I think that's the big thing is we have so many resources. Now males can be coached by females. If they haven't experienced it 100% and the males don't trust that coach, then communicate that and go find somebody to help you. But I totally agree. I think yeah. we should be able to cross the board all the way around. Absolutely. I mean, athlete first, you know, find the expert. If you don't know the answer, you know, go ahead. Um, but yeah, whatever is, whatever is best for the athlete. And I love that they didn't just, you know, like sweep that under the rug or be like, no, it's fine. You're like, no, that's not fine. This is, this is my body. I know this is, you know, a a red flag for me and for, you know, most of the time for, for female athletes like that, that shouldn't, Mm -hmm. that shouldn't be happening. Right. Our body's talking to us. So I love that that was, um, not swept under the rug for you. Um, switching gears a little bit. So coming, you know, of course from Minnesota, living in Minnesota, 
currently and everything like that. What does the Minnesota running community mean to you? Like how is, what's the vibe? How's it different than maybe other places? And we travel the world. Talk to that about that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I love the running community all over. I mean, even in, when I was in Munich last week, it was just so fun. Like people are out for a run and they automatically either wave or, you know, they're just motivating because you see someone else doing what you're doing and you know, it's hard every time you go for a run, even if it's a recovery run or not, it's still hard. Um, so it's just nice to see people. And I feel a sense of safety when I see a bunch of runners, I don't know why I know that things can happen and we always have to be safe, but it just, it feels nice when there's more of us around there. Um, but the Minnesota running community is so special to me. I mean, really since 1989, when I started running, (laughs) I have just felt the love and it's grown and grown and grown. You know, every time I'm out for a run, I mean, even today I had like three people shout out their window. Hey, Carrie, you know, like it's just, it. it, it really is special. And, um, you know, have these old guys and, and old gals that'll say, I've watched you since you were in eighth grade or, um, you know, so fun to see you run at the NCAA meets and just bringing it up. I mean, I, I often like fear when people stop talking about running. Cause then I'm like, does that mean I'm old and out of shape and, <laughs> you know, not, um, doing well anymore. But, uh, I think for me, the running community has become a, an extended family. You know, I call on runners all the time. I call on coaches, for instance, like even coach Gary Wilson, longtime coach at the university of Minnesota. I ended up turning down Gary Wilson and went to Villanova and he has stuck with me from day one and, you know, just has been such a big fan and friend. So yeah, I think we have a really special running community here and anyone I talk to that's ever come in from out of state to run the twin cities marathon or grandma's marathon, they feel it as well. It's, um, it's tight. It's welcoming. I hope we can continue to spread our wings and be more inclusive and get more people running from all different walks of life. Um, but I think people are recognizing that here in Minnesota and, um, we're taking the challenge on. So if you're listening to this and you're part of the community, invite people to join us because it really is a special one. Alice can definitely attest to that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've I've only ran a couple of marathons. I've ran twin cities twice, so I can't speak to a ton of it. Yeah. I've only run it three times. So you and I are right there. We're still newbies. We are still newbies. Yes. Yes. And I was going to run CIM last year and ended up getting a stress fracture. So that's a whole, whole conversation over training a little bit, but, but twin cities, I mean, I guess that's all I know, but Mm -hmm. absolutely amazing. Like, I mean, the spectators, you know, 10 people deep, like the entire way, Oh, just the best. It's the best. So yeah, I agree. That's what my good friend from, um, from Florida just said, I was doing a, some commentary with her and she said, when she ran here last fall, she said, I couldn't get over how not only deep was, you know, the fields like, or the, the spectators or whatever you say. Yeah. Um, but she said they were the entire way. Yeah. And I said, and it was kind of a, a smaller crowd last year still because of the pandemic. So I said, you need to come back because it's only going to get bigger from here on out again. So yeah, pretty cool. Just amazing. Such you a beautiful course too. Go ahead. Go ahead, you, No, you, we're going to stick with the Minnesota topic. You've, you've run a lot here. What is the most difficult course that you have ran here in the state of Minnesota? And then do you have a particular favorite course that you've ran? Oh man. I don't know why I immediately went back to high school thinking about cross country courses. Um, you know, when I run roads here in Minnesota, I have to go to the last six miles of our marathon because I know they're going to be, um, very tough. They're hilly and 
you know, it's always hard the last six miles of a marathon. But when I go back to cross country in high school, I think of Morris. Now, some people might Morris cross country is, or Morris, the Morris golf course is where the cross country meet is held. And they have this huge hill. And sometimes I think I need to go back and run it again, just to see if like in my mind, it's the, I yeah, haven't built big. it up to be. Yeah. <laughs> but that was my very first cross country race. And it was always a hard course for me. And it's just some, it's like a special course for me because that's where I learned that I was, I could maybe be good at this. And my sister was a senior and I was in seventh grade and we ran together on that course. And it just was a special place. But, um, I like that. I like the Northfield coat or the Northfield course where we ran cross country state or state cross country, excuse me. And that wasn't necessarily so hard, but it was exciting. And, you know, I had to like really visualize the course and believe that I could run fast on it because it was the highlight of the year being the state championships. So they hold different, you know, places in your heart and in your, your mind for different reasons. And I think that's how running is and maybe for every sport, I don't know, but there's just so many variables. And I think you just, yeah. you have to perform, but then meet yourself where you are mentally. Cause like you already said, it's kind of hard all the time. It's just how much, how much hard are you willing to take? Is it your day yeah. to, to overcome the hard? I know it sounds funny, but you know, it's just, man, it's not an easy, it's not an easy sport. It is not, but it is so rewarding. You know, even yes. today I went for this four mile run. And a lot of times I do three milers and I'm fortunate enough that I can still get that in pretty fast, you know, like 21 minutes or something, seven minute pace, but nice. I will go out and hammer those three miles and feel like a different person when I get back. And I always tell everyone, I'm like, it's just, just take 20 minutes, 20 mm-hmm. minutes of your day and get out there and get a little sweat on, you know, hurt a little bit, but also like breathe a little bit and just I feel like that makes me a better person all around wife, mom, businesswoman, whatever. It just, it makes me kind of feel alive. Absolutely. It's a great way to press the reset button. Yeah. I was, I'm actually just finished Lindsay Vaughn's book called rise her latest book. Um, it just stood out to me. I feel like I've mentioned it to a few people, but, and this, I feel like this is sort of hard to articulate, but you know, physically when we, when we go into like a workout or we, we do a physical task or something, it's, it's on the docket for today. That's something that we can say we're going to do and execute and complete, you know, relatively easily. You could argue that's a tough workout. I got to, I got to motivate myself. I got to do it yet. We can, we can set ourselves up and we can complete that task and feel accomplished for the day. Right. Just, just physically, but some, and it's just got the satisfaction that comes about, yeah. like you said, just the 20 minutes, get out for 20 minutes, like you just said, and it, it's just makes the whole day better, but sometimes yeah. it's hard to articulate why it does. And everyone has different reasons, but sometimes it's, you know, it's hard to translate that to the rest of our life. Like just Mm -hmm. because I crank off some emails, eh, you know, it's on the to-do list, but something about that physical getting out there and completing Mm -hmm. that and knowing that you did it and maybe overcome the mental hurdles in your mind to do it. It's just, there's nothing else like that. No, I think just having that a little bit of discipline that you actually can check that box. You know, we know we have to work. Money drives us, right? I mean, it's terrible to think. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But it's true. It's what we need to survive. But we also need to move our bodies in order to survive and to, to be better at our jobs and to be better in our relationships. And, you know, I'm the first one to say it's okay to miss a day because I've, I've put in all these years of running. I should be able to miss a day. But that's not really that's not really how it works. You know, I run maybe four or five times a week now, and I do enjoy my days of nothing, but I will not let it go more than a week or two. And usually I schedule in those weeks where I need to have a complete break from the sport, but, um, I don't really want to let my mind think, Oh, I can just take this month off. You know, I, Mm -hmm. I think it's too hard for people to get back into that routine when they do that. And I think their body doesn't like it. As we get older, we, you know, end up usually getting injuries when we take time off and try to come back to sport. Um, So I think if you can just keep it in mind that just doing something is better than nothing and enjoying those days of rest, but making sure you move your body, you know, at least 50% of the week, I would say at least try to get out there three or four times a week at every other day schedule. Yeah. I, I completely agree keeps the mind sharp. That's for sure. We're going to go back in time a little bit more. 2004, you competed in the Olympic games. Describe the feeling in a, in a cliff notes version, I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, it was awesome. I mean, it fuels me every day, to be honest. You know, I mean, when I get to say I'm Olympian or my kids will come home randomly and say, mom, you know, like somebody talked about you being able to be at the Olympics or you know, Charlie met somebody that knew me or, you know, whatever. It just, it's, it's so fun to be able to go back to that moment of feeling like I, I succeeded. I accomplished that goal. And maybe it doesn't even have to be the Olympic games. Like if anyone has that big goal that they worked so hard for, they will go back to that feeling of it was awesome. And it felt really good. And, you know, being at the Olympics, there was nothing like it. And like, to be honest, it wasn't just that I did it. I felt like my whole family did it. You know, we sacrificed a lot and I can't tell you how many times they lifted me up and got me through races, um, or bringing me out, whether they were running with me or biking alongside or saying, I'll get on the treadmill next to you and do my pace. You do yours. You know, it's, um, it was a huge moment in our lives and we all kind of still thrive off of that moment. You know, I mean, we all, you can't talk about the Olympics and not be fired up. Uh, even though I wish I would have done better and made it again, I wish I would have been a two-time Olympian and unfortunately I didn't make it back. So yeah. Um, very, very special moment in all of our lives. We had the husband of an Olympian on a couple of weeks ago and his wife always says once an Olympian, always an Olympian, always an Olympian. Yeah, so yep. Carrie, well, Carrie, you've had her on, um, Michelle Freeman. 
Oh yes. Yeah. So we had Love David. Michelle. Yeah. We had David on. We'll have to have her on as well. We had David oh, on. A David couple is weeks ago. so fun. Oh my gosh. If you don't watch his Instagram, you have yeah. to, because yes, not only do. is he so fit and so good at what he does, but he is like great at dancing and he has so much fun with the kids and Michelle. I love that. They're so great. I know he has got like, they sprinkled that special sauce on top of him for sure. But yeah, that's totally. Guys, and he does amazing. it. He sprinkles that sauce on everybody, you know, yeah. <laughs> so positive. Absolutely. He's such a positive person. Um, I love that. I like what you said though. Just, I mean, us just people hanging out on a day-to-day basis have no idea what the, what the Olympics would even be like. Um, can we talk just a little bit more about that? Can you describe what it's like to just, just to toe up on the starting line there? Mm-hmm. I mean, are you just like, I'm sweat. Is it overwhelming? Are you like, I'm going to puke? Like what, ah, what's happening in your brain? <laughs> yeah. So much. Um, I can remember my dad saying, Carrie, take a moment on the start line and look around. And I did. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I saw myself on the jumbotron. I knew millions of people were watching, especially people from home here in Minnesota. And, um, the flashes of all the lights were just like, it was like a disco ball in there. Um, and I just remember being, you know, thankful, thankful I had made it, you know, it was a rough go. I was very injured at the Olympics. I was hurting. I had t- two stress fractures. I had torn my adductors. Like I had done, I had fallen in that winter, that January of 2004. And I screwed up my whole pelvic area and uh, it was not fun to be trying to train through that and run through that. But the mind is so powerful. It really it can overcome a lot. And so, um, yeah, I was just really proud of myself, to be honest. I was proud. I was there. I was proud of my Jersey. I was proud. I was running for Minnesota in the USA and proud. I was representing my family. It's amazing. No, it's absolutely incredible to hear. And from that experience, how did that change slash shape your life now? I think not only the Olympics changed me, but how I made the team changed me. I missed the 5,000 meters. I finished sixth at the 5,000 at the Olympic trials. And that was sort of my, the event that we all thought I was going to be going to the Olympics in. I came back and ran the 1500 and I ended up winning the Olympic trials and making the team in the 1500. And, um, I'm not really a 1500 meter runner. I was good at running the 1500. I wasn't great at running the 1500. So that sounds silly when that's what I made the Olympics in. Um, but you know, there are so many athletes that are so deserving of making Olympic teams in all sports that just don't perform on that one day, every four years or whatever it is to qualify. So for me, I didn't perform in my main event. I had a mental lapse with two and a half laps to go. And I got passed by three girls and I missed the team, but I did perform in the 1500. I led basically from start to finish. I willed myself onto that team. And now I can say I'm forever an Olympian, never once, never forgotten all these, you know, different things you can say, I'm always an Olympian. So yeah, I think I learned a lot from that process and then going to the Olympics and running through all the adversity I was running through, which to be honest, a lot of Olympic athletes are in, you know, they're just hanging on by a thread. Once they get there, there's a lot of injuries. There's a lot of overuse. We saw it this summer, even with like Simone Biles and, you know, some of the, the mental angst that people are going through. Um, So yeah, it's a tough thing to get through, but it showed me how tough I was, how I could persevere and tackle goals when they are bigger than you really can imagine. Um, So I think I just kind of became more of a, 
I don't know. I like to think I became more of a rock star human being after I, I did that because I'm not afraid of much in life anymore. Wow. Yeah. That I, I'm just kind of like, Whoa, but such a, such good points. I mean, I, there's gosh, I forgot the name of the documentary on HBO max just talking about um, mental health and Olympians. Mm-hmm. And the letdown after, right. That's yes. one of, I think one of the yeah. topics they covered there. It is tough. Yeah. Even now, to be honest, like I talk about being a rock star human being. We are all rock star human beings, by the way. We just sometimes need to figure out how to believe that. Yeah. Um, and now I would have to say, I have to rely on that more because now it's like, where do I go? What do I do? Some days I'm like, if I'm done with TV and podcasting, where's my next move? Who's going to want me? Mm. You know, like I haven't been in the workforce. Um, you know, I haven't been in a corporate position. Those kind of things come into mind. I think that's where a lot of athletes think, you know, we're good at our sport. We're good at our, we show our talent, but can we do all the other things that everyone else has been doing in the workforce? Like that's a scary thing. Yeah. When you're not identified as an athlete, it's a scary thing. Yeah. Right. Cause so much of course is your identity is wrapped in that. So we've worked so hard Mm -hmm. for, and then, and then, yeah, talking to about, you know, how it's, it's just so fleeting. It's like the hottest thing one minute. And then the next minute, you know, you feel, feel, well, they've said they felt like people have forgotten about them. Or if you're not first or first, second, third, then nobody cares. And like, I don't really think that's true, but yet, you know, just the, the landscape of our media and all of it. So, um, well, you are definitely a rock star. I mean, my God. And I think that we all are, we We all are. are. Let me just reiterate that. (laughs) Yes. Yes. But I mean, that is huge. And just, just, you know, really quick talking about your, I mean, how you perform on one day every four years and how there's so many, like you said, so many people out there that, that are fit enough are, are at the top of their sport, but it just wasn't their day. And that's sort of a heartbreaking thing to say, but that's the truth. Oh, right. Just one of my best friends was fourth at the Olympic trials twice. And it takes a top three to get there. And she made nine world championship teams. She won, I think nine USA championships. She's phenomenal. That's what's so heartbreaking is, you know, these athletes that are just right there, but that's also what drives athletes, you know, I mean, heartbreak and loss is what gets us back out the door. If we all won time after time, after time, I mean, it's fun, but I do think there's something about getting your butt kicked and getting hungry and going back and doing the work again. I think that's why she made nine world championship teams because she had opportunities in between those two Olympic trials where she were, you know, just missed the team. Mm-hmm. She was ticked off and she was mad and she went for it again. And then, you know, maybe there was a little bit of, um, fear of failure the second time around. I don't know, but you know, uh, it's just for all of us. It's, that's just the ride, the roller coaster ride of athletics and life in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of said roller coaster ride, is there one thing in your life? I mean, think about it now that has completely changed its trajectory. Can you pinpoint something? Oh man. I mean, I guess I just always go back to athletics, you know, that the trajectory of the timeline, maybe of, you know, what I thought that year would look like, or, um, you know, when I look at my, my life as a whole, it sort of has been this long journey of sport and the ups and downs and the ebbs and flows of how it's taken me. I don't have to run fast anymore to be able to still work. 
Uh, like I used to have, everything was performance-based. I still am in a job that's performance-based. If I don't perform on camera, I'm not going to get asked to do uh, my jobs anymore. Um, or if I'm not going to perform by speaking, like I do at different corporations, they're not going to ask me back or recommend me to another one. So I think that what sport has given me is just the ability to sort of reevaluate, reinvent myself, um, you know, think about how I want to perform and what's next. And, you know, the trajectory, I guess, is still always to, to bring it and to keep on pushing myself and to think big for the next year. I always think of life sort of like I thought of running, like if I wasn't setting a PR every year, I didn't really feel like I was moving in the right direction. And so if I am not still seeking new and getting new gigs or new opportunities, I'm maybe not pushing as hard or maybe I'm just floating. And I don't think we should float in life. I think we should keep getting after it. That's my saying, keep getting after it. Absolutely. Yeah, you say that at the end of your podcast or the beginning of your podcast, yeah. let's get out and at the end, all over the place, <laughs> all over the place. I love it. But yeah, I mean, you're like looking, for, you know, looking for the next thing, like not, you, you don't want to just kind of hang out in la la land. Like it's always be no. seeking out the next thing. And you know, you know, sport, yeah. Teaching you stay hungry a little bit. Like you like that exactly. hungry feeling, you know, to going after it. Well, switching gears like a little bit here. Um, since we're, I think we're finally pulling out of the long Minnesota winter, maybe. I think we are going to be 90 degrees this week. I know. (laughs) Okay. So how do you love to spend your time maybe other than running in the summer? What do you guys Oh my goodness. So now, I mean, I am 100% um, that athletic mom. And so our kids spend a ton of time. So we live right across the street from our playground and we also back up um, to some green space. And so the kids and I are always playing sports and that's the one thing that I've really loved about my job after running was I've, I work a lot of weekends, so mm-hmm. I am able to work, you know, most mornings and then take afternoons when the kids get home from school or in the summertime, I'll have a nanny in the morning and then off in the afternoon so we can go and play. And I really am enjoying being that athlete that I used to be before I really focused in on running. So, you know, I'm playing baseball, football, basketball, volleyball, tennis, we're doing it all. And I just love it. We're also, you know, we love music and we love to act. So we're doing crazy things with the kids all the time. But um, that's really where we spend our time now is running around after our kids. And Charlie and I are actually taking our first trip. I can't even tell you just the two of us in probably 10 years. And he's coming with me on a work trip this week to Puerto Rico. So um, we spend just a lot of time as us five or with the extended family. And, um, and it mostly is all around sports, to be honest, that'll be good to get away then. Yeah. I mean, I have to work for the first two days, but, um, it's still fun work. I'm commentating at a really big track meet. So he gets to come and watch. I think they said there's 12 Olympic medalists that will be there. Olympic gold medalists, excuse me. Wow. So he's like, he's like, okay, I'll go and do that. How cool is that to watch that meet? (laughs) It'll be fun. No kidding. Oh, that's amazing. Well, have fun. That's going to be great. Sounds fab. Sounds fab. Um, what do you think, Jesse? We've got some kind of fun, sort of fun questions at the end. Um, maybe I'll, I'll kick things off a little bit. Uh, okay. What's the weirdest or most hilarious thing you've seen in a race? We had some other runners on here on a different podcast, and like, we were dying laughing. I want to see, I want to see what comes out here. Actually curious here too. (laughs) Well, during a race, 
I would have to say it's usually when I'm watching and my husband and I laugh a lot about it because when I'm racing, there's still enough serious people around me that you don't see a lot of real like fun costumes or things like that. But one of the best things that Charlie and I will laugh about was, I think it was at his, at um, Twin Cities Marathon a number of years ago, he said, grandma went by him and really a grandma went by him. Like you could see that she was probably 70 or so. And it wasn't so funny, but it was funny that he got beat, but also amazing that he got beat by her. So that's something that I love. I love all the costumes. A funny moment that's happened to me though, is I was pulled over by a cop while I was running once with my dad. Yeah. Put the lights on and everything in my hometown. I was in high school. It was about two weeks before the state meet and the uh, state trooper came through Dawson, a town of 1600 people, no stoplights. Um, and said we were running in the middle of the lane. Well, there was not much of a shoulder. We were in town and my dad had run that loop for 28 years. He was the city and County attorney. Wow. <laughs> so he kind of knew the rules and what would happen if you get pulled over. Um, so we laugh about that a lot because we ended up sending a note to the state trooper and he sent a congratulatory note back after I won state, but we were oh like, this is why we were running in what you thought was the middle of the lane. It wasn't. Um, but this is what we were doing. We didn't get a ticket, but we did get pulled over in front of everyone. Always nice <laughs> to have an attorney in your family in that direction. That's for sure. Oh, cops don't, the, the cop did not care that he was the city attorney. He just thought that we were running in the middle of the lane. We were like, we weren't running in the middle of the lane. Oh my God. Too bad that wasn't yeah. nowadays just for the sole reason that someone would have had a phone and got it on video. Uh, for sure. That would have been hilarious. For sure. Yeah, I know it, it I was hilarious. It. Actually, it made a lot of, we put it out there for a lot of people to read about in like the papers because <laughs> it was a fun story. Yeah. So. I'd also have to imagine in a town of 1600 that there really isn't much going on. So no. the cops were looking for something. <laughs> well, and he was driving through. So he did not realize that we don't have many roads to run on. So we kind of have to run on that main highway. <laughs> oh, and we were not in the middle of the lane, just so you know. I would have liked to, for him to just said, you were running too fast. That, that would have we been weren't. great. Yeah, getting yeah. pulled over for being too fast, Carrie. That would be, yeah. that would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> whatever Olympics. I just got pulled over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You could have been like Michael Scott in the office when he tries to run past the speed limit and there's a car that runs at the exact same time. I made the 31 miles an hour. Oh my gosh. Isn't that funny? I've there are some people that probably think that I've had, I've run past those speed signs when a car was running past and had a friend take a picture just to be funny. Oh, like, that's arms cute. Up, like I'm going, it was kind of funny, but that's great. Like, what are you doing out here? But anyway, I like the picture that I got from it. <laughs> I think a lot of drivers think, what are you doing out here when you're running? Cause you know, when you think about running, it is a little weird. Like who ever thought to just go run for five miles or 26.2 yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Just, for I fun. mean, I know we know the history, but for fun. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not trying to get anywhere. I'm not, no one's chasing me. I'm just running because no. it's fun. I'm just going to yeah. go chat while I run for, you know, an hour or whatever. It's, it is strange. It's strange. Oh. Let's see if this is a little off topic. Is there a weird skill that you possess? Yes. I could say the alphabet backwards. Ooh. 
very, and a lot of people find that a skill. I don't know if it's a skill. Hell yeah. I don't know how you'd be able to. Okay, go ahead. You need to do it. D-Y-X-W-V-U-T-X-R-Q-P-O-M-N-L-K-J-I-H-G-F-E-D-C-B-A. I think I did it. You did. Oh, you might have my to, God. you might have to listen to it again to make sure I didn't miss anything. Cause I am getting old now and my mind isn't quite as sharp to wow. distract my 10 month old son. I will do that. Not often, <laughs> but I did it a few days ago. I did. I did the alphabet backwards and she looked at me like, what are you doing? There's not that many of us that do that. But Jesse, did you have to read it backwards or did you just memory? Just what? Okay. So my brain does not do that. Y'all are, y'all are not. Okay. That's amazing. You both, you both can do that. Nuts. Yeah. It's a little crazy. Wow. I also really, I walk and count. No, some psychiatrist might come on here and be like, okay, I know what that is. But like, I can remember going to classes where I was getting ready for tests and I would go, what is the first that I had done? What is the first I can't even count. I can't even say it as fast as my mind does it. Oh, wow. I know it's a little weird, isn't it? But my whole family knows and we all think it's hilarious. They're like, are you counting? Are you counting right now? (laughs) When we turn off the audio, I promise I'll, I'll do it for the two of you. Okay. Goodness. That's crazy. You can do it. I I trust you. Go for it. If you want. I'm pressure's on yeah yep. pressure's on <laughs> all right no I'll, I'll do it afterwards okay so last question before we really dive into the fun stuff if you're not running you might have already answered this where where can we find you it sounds like you're just playing all different kinds of sports with your family yeah sports probably out to eat um I like to go shopping here and there but normally it's a, if I'm gonna be going on a trip so I love to travel with my family uh you know, I think really because I travel so much for work, if it's not my entire family going, we typically are home. And that is really where my heart is. I could bring out like a Sandy Patty song. Does anyone know Sandy Patty anymore? She was a Christian singer from back in the day. She could belt like nobody's business. <laughs> and uh, she had a really good song. Like home is where my heart is. And I think yeah. of that all the time because it's true. It yeah, really is. Sure. And you always kind of want, it's like, you want the, the, you need the balance. So that's why you're like, you travel yeah. out for work. So then I want to be home or vice versa. If, if someone's always home in their office all the time, well, I want to travel, you know, or just right. you kind of need that balance. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, we have just, I know we're, we're, we're almost done with time here. We have a little kind of just a little rapid fire yeah. little game at the end. So Zodiac sign for you. And does it fit? What's your Zodiac sign? Well, Capricorn. Okay. I guess. I don't even really know what it means to be honest. I used to read my horoscope all the time and now I don't ever read it anymore. Does that, do you guys know that's what Capricorn cool. means? That's cool. Well, we could look it up quick now. So not off the top of my head. Cause that that's, I just, you know, a lot of people either, either you're like, I don't know, your head's in that space or not. Like some yeah. people may be like, you know, Oh, I'm like, Jesse and I are both Leos. So I'm like, I'm totally oh. a Leo. And of course I know whatever, but anyway. I don't know. what qu- I, I can't that's remember okay. what Capricorn is, but I do know that machine gun Kelly and his fiance are very into it because that's what my eight-year-old has told me. He loves machine gun Kelly. Nice. <laughs> clean so, version. He always uh, says clean version, mom. That's awesome. Nice. And I will tell you that the first sentence probably describes you because it says it's all about hard work. Oh, yeah. ambitious, okay. hardworking, enterprising, extremely driven, enthusiastic, capable of setting and attainable objectives. I like that. I don't know about attainable. Sometimes I like to set those unattainable goals, but I always have an A, A, B or C goal because, you know, I love it. You got to be happy with sometimes where things fall and 
you can't always be disappointed in life. So having a, B and C goals are really important. Definitely. And I will move on, but I actually, I read that wrong. Lofty setting lofty, but attainable goals. So I'm sorry. There you go. That's better. Okay. Yes. All right. All you caps out there. (laughs) There you go. Um, Okay. Favorite meal. Oh, fajitas. Probably. I love fajitas. Could eat them every day. Sounds good. Did you have some last Thursday? Oh yeah, we did. Cinco de Mayo. And then I had some last night for mother's day. (laughs) Perfect. I get what I want. I know I'll eat them for breakfast, lunch, dinner, snack, whatever. So good. (laughs) Mountains or beach. I probably would say mountains, but I think my husband and I are really looking forward to, uh, I'm sorry. Did I say mountains? I say beach, but my husband and I are looking forward to more mountains when the kids are getting older. I do not like to ski though. Mm-hmm. I am deathly afraid of it. I try every time and it's just not for me. So I like to hike, run, maybe pick up some more mountain biking, but I think you'll see us more in the mountains as the kids get older here and we travel a little bit more on our own. Off topic. How is winter running for you? I like winter running if the paths are clear and it's, if it's like 15 degrees or higher, <laughs> um, otherwise I will probably go on the treadmill and I'm just fine with that. It's fair. Nice. Let's see if we can get you answer this one. Do you know how many pairs of running shoes you own? No, but we were just going <laughs> through that. And I mean, I have like, I bet I have 40 pairs right now. Dang. Not and surprising. they're all different. I mean, the majority of them are Adidas, but you know, I'll be at different events now where I'll get a pair of shoes. And so I have all the different types and um, brands and things like that. So I have a lot and I'm not letting myself think that they go bad. They'll just, they'll be around and they'll be fine. No, exactly. You got to hold on to them. Got to hold on to yeah. them. That'd be um, another interesting question. I'll follow it up real fast. Uh, how long do you wear your shoes for? If, like, do you wear them six months? Do you cycle them out yearly? How does that work? Typically I look at mileage, you know, I mean, I, I'm not real good at keeping mileage, um, but anywhere from three to 500 miles for me now. And, you know, I, I'm pretty slight still. So I don't have, you know, maybe as much pounding as some people, but I might run a little bit more. So I always alternate shoes. I have all types and actually I alternate brands too. And I think that's really helped me stay healthy over the years when I was just in one shoe and really in one model, I feel like my feet got really pampered. So I would have to say, switch it up go for some long runs in your well-supported shoes, but in your short runs, maybe, maybe wear one that is more neutral or not so rigid. Uh, you know, when you break down, make sure you have a shoe that can lift you up a little bit and then, and then play around a little bit when you're on the track doing some fast stuff or doing hill repeats, wear your lighter ones, um, less cushion, you know, those kind of things. I love that advice. Beer or wine. I don't drink. I've never really had a drink in life. I had two um, sips that were by mistake. One time was a something like a gin and tonic or something my dad had, and it looked kind of like lemonade and I grabbed it by accident. Um, I've had some wine in church. (laughs) I know you can't say communion wine is good, uh, but I could never do it. I tried, I could never do it. And so I guess to back up even, when I do, like when you're asking me what I do for fun, I don't drink because you will find me on the dance floor at the very start of the night and at the very end of the night. And then I drive everyone home. So Perfect. I skip that 
part of life. I don't, I don't necessarily need to drink. I think I have a little addictive behavior. So I'd rather come home and have a chocolate milkshake every single night than get into the habit of having something to drink. Cause I think I might like it too much and then it yeah. might not be good. <laughs> yeah. All good. All good. You know yourself yeah. well, obviously. Yeah. Find um, me on the dance floor. We're yeah, at a bar. Perfect. I'll be out perfect. dancing, even if no one else is. I love it. I love it. Oh, all right. Night owl or early bird? Early bird. Early bird. I'm, uh, I can get up really early, but ask me to stay out past 1030 unless I'm dancing. Really? No joke. It doesn't happen. Yeah. Otherwise lights out. Yeah. Nice. Um, okay. Final little quick question that we'll, we'll probably cap it off. Okay. Name three adjectives your friends would use to describe you. Ooh. Um, I would say happy, fun, loyal. Oh, no, those are great descriptions. You've definitely been happy this entire hour. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, life is short and I'm definitely, you know, I get cranky here and there, but usually a run fixes it. So I'm pretty simple and life is good. That is great. Well, I mean, yeah, these from, you know, just meeting you, these seem like words that definitely describe you just super upbeat, happy, um, easygoing person. And you know what? We thank you so much for being on the fit point. We're excited to connect our listeners with you. And just, you know, we love to, to talk up, you know, with people that are kind of paving the way in the Minnesota that are there, you know, have a, a fitness health wellness background and just have a really cool story to tell. And so you've yeah. definitely fit that bill. Um, So as we close here, I mean, is there anything you want to promote that's near and dear to your heart and then tell people where they can find you as well? Well, I guess my podcast is a great way to find me. Uh, See Tali Ron. It it usually airs every Thursday with an exception here and there. Um, Like this last week, we had a live show that I promoted and, and put out there for the world to hear along with another podcaster. So we collaborated on what day. So that came out on Tuesday, but typically they're Thursday mornings. I am the national fitness director for moms on the run and I have loved it. So if there's any ladies out there or anyone that identifies as a woman that wants to come and join us, you can find us at moms on the run. Um, and you know, just keep finding me out on the roads. If people haven't seen me running in a while, make sure I'm out there and still getting after it and doing the fun, fun things that this running community in Minnesota has to offer. And, you know, I'm just an email away. If anyone has any questions about running or getting after life, you can find me anywhere. CarrieTellison.com. Well, info at CarrieTellison, I guess, is my camp website. So you can find me there and see Tolly run all over the place. So happy to help. Tremendous. I ran to your Instagram to give you a message and here you are. So I, we definitely appreciate it. I forget about all that because I'm, you know, I love social, but I forget you can find me on all the social media platforms as well. Fantastic. Before Alex, Alice closes, JCV Wellness on Instagram is where you can find us. Google, Apple, and Spotify is where you can find said podcast. That is the Fit Point. Alice, I'm going to let you do the rest. Yeah, for sure. Follow us on Instagram at Fit Point Podcast. And of course, remember to like, save, follow, and share this episode if you enjoyed it. We loved having Carrie on, us, on this episode with us rather. You can find me at Alice Halverson on Instagram. Um, tag us when you're doing all this too, and we can uh, comment and share as well. So we appreciate you. Thanks for getting to the point with us today, and we will see you on a future episode. Hope you're ready for the next episode. Hey.